Well, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with each of you today. Our Lenten worship series that we are continuing is entitled 316, and we're spending the entire season of Lent looking at John 316 phrase by phrase. Uh, the series was inspired by a book by Max Lucado, and I've shared with you in the introduction, he said, if you know nothing about the Bible, start here. And if you know everything in the Bible, return here. This is one of the most beloved and well-known verses in Scripture, and I want us to engrave it upon our hearts and minds and souls. It's going to appear on the screen in just a few moments, and for our Scripture lesson today, I invite you to recite it with me. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And this morning, we are focusing on that phrase, God's one and only Son. Pastor Sarah shared with the children the story that's familiar to many of us of how one day outside of Caesarea Philippi, Jesus and the disciples were traveling through the region, and the Lord suddenly stopped and turned to his friends and asked, who do people say that I am? And they began to recount all the different rumors that were circulating around Israel. Some say you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead. You may recall that King Herod had ordered his death and others are saying that you are one of the prophets. And today we're asking the question, who do you say that I am? Because how we respond to that question shapes both our lives as well as the world. And there are a lot of different answers out there. Almost everyone will readily admit that Jesus was an important historical figure that shaped the course of the world, much like Galileo, Queen Elizabeth, Mahatma Gandhi. Others will go on to say that he was a moral and ethical example. He taught us how to live with one another and live lives that seek to love God as well as neighbor. There are many traditions that will go even a step further and say that Jesus was a prophet sent from God. But Jesus asked the question that day at Caesarea Philippi, and it was Simon Peter who responded, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one that has come to save not only Israel, but the entire world. You're the son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh. And when we come today asking the question, who is Jesus?, one of the things the church has to hold in tension is two beliefs that seem radically opposite, and yet God joins together. First of all, that Jesus was fully human, and then secondly, that Jesus was fully divine. On the one hand, Jesus was fully human. He came to the world in an ordinary way as a helpless infant and grew up as any child would, and he has experienced everything that it means to be human. The trials, the tribulations, the temptations. Jesus knows what it is to live like we do in a fallen world. So we don't have someone who doesn't understand. Hebrews says we have a high priest who has been tempted in every way as we are and yet is without sin. But on the other hand, we also confess that Jesus is fully divine. In John's prologue, he said, the word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who comes from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Colossians puts it a little bit more theologically when it declares in Jesus, in the Christ, the fullness of the deity dwelt bodily, that all of God was present in Jesus. Eugene Peterson wrote a translation, a paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. And he takes that passage, in him all the fullness of the deity dwelt bodily, and expands upon it. And this is how he paraphrased it. Everything of God gets expressed in Jesus the Christ, so that you see and hear God clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. Who do you say that I am? We say that Jesus is fully human. We say that Jesus is fully divine. But there are so many other titles, images that we use for Jesus. Some that he claimed himself, others that the church gave. We call Jesus Master, Savior, Redeemer, Deliverer, Lord, Messiah, Christ, the Word, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the fairest of 10,000, the bright and morning star, and Jesus is all these things and so much more. Another way to respond to the question, who do you say that I am, is to hear what Jesus said about himself. Two years ago in our Lenten worship series, we went through John's gospel and found seven different places where Jesus began statements with the words, I am. And each statement gives a glimpse and insight into Jesus' nature and character. And as I was working on the sermon and going through each image, it struck me that different images speak into our lives at different points in our life. So wherever you are today, I would invite you to ask the question, which of these titles, which of these images is most important and meaningful to you at this moment. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. There is a hunger and a thirst inside of each of us for something more. And the mistake human beings make all the time is to think there's something in the world out there that is going to satisfy that hunger and quench that thirst. But the French scientist Pascal said there is a God-shaped vacuum in our lives. There's a hole in our soul, and you can stuff all the things of the world inside it, and it's not going to fill it. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and he who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. If you're looking for something more today, something that will satisfy, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus' light shines in the darkness. John tells us the word became flesh, and in him was life, and that life was the light of humanity, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never overcome it. And if you find yourself stumbling through life, if you're facing a crossroads, you don't know what to do, some decision tree faces you, and you need a higher wisdom beyond yourself. Jesus promises us that light that shines in our lives, that God's word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. And Jesus promised, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus also said, I am 
the door or the gate. Every one of us here has a unique spiritual journey. And I hope you are in a small group where you have the opportunity to share that with one another because we can learn from each other. No two of us have the exact same experience. Until that point when we encounter Jesus, through whom we have access to God. And there's a wonderful phrase in Hebrews which says we can come in the name of Jesus into God's presence with boldness, with confidence, which is counterintuitive to me. Can you imagine having an audience with the Lord God Almighty? Wouldn't you go in trembling and fearful? And yet Hebrews says we go with boldness and confidence in Christ's name. A little later in the service, uh, Lynette is going to talk about our experience with the Habitat for Humanity build. And I was there yesterday during the dedication service when, as a symbol, they presented Miss Belinda with this huge key to her home. And it was such a grace-filled moment to see this woman for the first time in over six decades have a home of her own. And how important that key was to a door that would enter into a house that was becoming a home. Jesus Christ is the door, the gate that invites us into the very presence of God where we find our heavenly home. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. We love that image. We quote Psalm 23 in good times as well as in bad. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus is the shepherd who goes and seeks the one lost lamb when the 99 are safe in the fold. And maybe today you need to have somebody hold you and comfort you and remind you as tough as life is right now, it doesn't have the final word. That Jesus is the good shepherd, our pastor, who cares for our deepest needs and meets us where we are. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Three weeks from today's Easter Sunday, and we will celebrate the good news of the resurrection and what it means that Jesus Christ is the firstborn among the dead and that we are brothers and sisters of the resurrection and we have life and abundant life and everlasting life. Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You may recall he said this at the Last Supper when he was trying to warn the disciples about what was going to happen. And he said, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas panicked and he said, Lord, we don't know the way. How can we know? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Later, the Christian faith was originally known not as the church, not as Christianity, but as the way. Because Jesus shows the way to live and ushers us into the presence of God. Jesus said, I am the true vine. And that when we abide in Christ, like a branch does in a vine, then both naturally and supernaturally, we bear spiritual fruit. That if you want to grow in Christ, if you want to become more the person God created you to be, then how you do that is through the ordinary means of grace, through spiritual disciplines, through prayer and Bible study and worship and service and faithfulness. And it just naturally occurs that we become that very person that in God's imagination, we fully and completely ought to be. And all of these images are important. All of them are powerful, that Jesus is the bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the gate, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, the true vine. Which one speaks to you today? Which one is the one you need to hear and to claim? 
There are two other titles we use for Jesus. We use them all the time in our prayer, in our worship, in our songs. We talk about Jesus as Savior, and we talk about Jesus as Lord. Who do you say that I am? We believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. One Christian author said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. God sent us a savior. And Jesus comes to save us from and to save us for to save us from sin for forgiveness, from death for life, from damnation for salvation, from time forever. And the second part of that phrase and title is Jesus is Savior and Jesus is Lord. John Wesley talked about the path of grace that we experience over and again in our lives, and part of that is justifying or saving grace and sanctifying or perfecting grace. And Proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord is not only Lord of the cosmos and Lord of the church, but also Lord of my life. And what my experience has been, and I believe it's true of all of us, is that our Christian journey is a constant attempt to let go of some things and to let God have them. And no matter how long you have been a Christian or how short, it is a constant ongoing process. Because there are some parts of our lives we want to cling to tightly. And the Holy Spirit's sitting there trying to pry open our hand so that we'll release it to God. A past grudge, a relationship, a habit, a temptation we succumb to over and over again. Our finances, our job, our marriage, our children worry about the future. What is it that you hold on to and you're not willing to let God have? Proclaiming Jesus as Lord means one by one letting those things go and giving them to God so that he is Lord of the cosmos and he is Lord of the church, but he's also Lord of my life. And we can be like the guy at the church meeting that was testifying and he said, I'm not what I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I was. Who do you say that I am? Because that answer does transform our lives and it transforms our world. In the last century, uh, James Allen Francis wrote a Christian article that was entitled, One Solitary Life. And he talks about the impact upon Jesus, upon the world, upon each of us. He wrote, he was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant, he grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book, never held an office, never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born. He did none of those things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials of his own except for himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through a mockery of a trial, and then he was crucified between two criminals. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth. 
And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and he is a central figure of the human race. And I am well within my mark to say that of all the armies that have ever marched, and all the navies that have ever sailed, and all the powerments that have ever sat, and all the kings and queens that have ever reigned, that none of them altogether have affected the life of humanity on earth as much as this one solitary life. Who do you say that I am? Historical figure, a moral, ethical character, prophet of God? Or do we join Simon Peter today in saying, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God, you are my Savior, and you are my Lord. God's one and only Son came into this world, comes into this world, to save you and to save me and to take us from where we are to where we ought to be. This day, who do you say Jesus is? Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, every one of us continue this passage of Christian faith. And for some of us, we still are not sure that we've claimed you as our Savior. And for others, we continue to wrestle what it means for you to be our Lord. But meet us where we are. Help us to know that we are loved, that you offer to us the gift of forgiveness and of salvation and of life everlasting. And help us to respond for the first time or the next time to your grace in our lives. And when others ask who Jesus is, that we won't respond with some stale facts or some theological tone, but to be able to say with faith and assurance, he is my Savior. He is my Lord. In Christ's name we make our prayer. Amen.